Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Transforming Trauma. I'm Eve. In my day job as a clinical social worker, it's all about problem solving and supporting people through major life transitions. I am driven by my belief in the healing power of our relationships with each other and with caring professionals. On this show, you'll hear from many colleagues and courageous trauma survivors who have chosen to share their stories of recovery. They believe, just as I do, that it's time for a new narrative about sexual violence that does not require survivors to perform victimhood. Our hope is that Sharing their stories will be helpful to you, the listener. We've often changed their names and taken steps to make sure they feel protected. I'm humbled by the opportunity to host them and hope you'll hear yourself in these conversations and realize you're not as alone in the struggle. Maybe it'll inspire you to connect with someone you love about your own recovery. Transforming Trauma is presented in partnership with Rachel Grant Coaching, and more resources can be found at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now on to the show. So welcome back to Transforming Trauma. I am delighted to welcome back Rachel Grant to the Transforming Trauma podcast segment. It is such a treat to get to connect today. It's been way too long since we've gotten to to chat. So I feel like a lot's been happening in in the world, in my world, and I'm sure in yours. Um, So just to introduce briefly, Rachel is a longtime coach, mentor, friend, survivor, sister, um, extraordinarily inspiring muse in my life who I, I really look up to. And um, it's, it's, I wish that we lived closer because I would be knocking on her door for 
her tea or whatever beverage um, she would serve, serve me or enjoy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today's conversation and just getting to, to reconnect and kind of highlight like what's on each of our, like in each of our corners of the world. Awesome. Jocelyn, it's so nice to be hanging out with you today. It's kind of a fun thing to come on your segment of uh, the Beyond Surviving podcast because I get to kind of be a guest on my own podcast (laughs) and this space that we share, um, you know, of connecting. And I I just love these little segments that you do because it just brings a a different point of view and lens um, and just helps, you know, the people who subscribe to the podcast and follow the podcast just hear another voice, one of which I'm so always very happy been happy to um to highlight i've just it's been so amazing to watch you over the years just grow and come more and more into your own kind of niche and interests and voice and perspectives and then to see where we complement where we overlap um it's just been super cool so yeah excited to be here with you today awesome i think a fun question to get us started um, just given that I introduced you the way I did, like what are other parts of your identity that feel salient right now mm. when you're, you know, just as an opportunity to share whatever feels like part of your identity these days? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's been, uh, something I've been working with a lot lately, actually. So uh, we're in Pride Month. And um, I think we're going to go ahead and share this. Yeah, in June. So the either that identity as far as a bisexual woman in an open relationship, um, having both a, a primary partner and a secondary partner, that's a place where I'm stepping out in my identity in a way that I haven't before. <laughs> so that's a little coming out moment. Hello, hello. And, uh, and I also am finding myself like craving time with babies. <laughs> I was a nanny for so many years and I, you know, worked in childcare for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I lately have just been like, can I babysit? Can I babysit your child? Can I hang out with your child? I don't know what's up with that. And, uh, you know, I'm a dancer. I'm an avid reader. I, you know, I like, um, I've been following Lizzo's uh, show right now. Oh my God. It's like, it just, what am I missing? Tell me what I'm missing, Rachel. Oh man. So uh, do you know Lizzo, first of all? I know of the show. Okay. So yeah, she's um, in this show. She's basically scouting talent. Um, dancers for her her you know stage show and uh, so it's just all about that it's kind of reality tv you know and you know people competing but I just love, love the way that she highlights um, you know big girls and just her attitude and her vibe and mm-hmm. all of that energy so it's also got me just kind of tapping back into um, my roots of dance and just mm-hmm. finding myself dancing around in the living room even more than I usually do but <laughs> That's the way I like to spend my I'm time. Feeling even more like joy and playfulness than I typically do talking to, which is saying a lot because yeah. I feel like your baseline is pretty energizing. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been an interesting season. I'm, I'm also kind of navigating a, a, a time like coming up in July. I'd really like to go spend some extended time in St. Louis. My mom is there. Um, she's in a nursing home. She has Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and I was there briefly in April and it just wasn't enough time. And I'm just, there's just something about where she is right now in her 
um, journey with Alzheimer's and her age and just and all of that. So I'm kind of trying to finagle some time away as well. So, you know, anytime you're thinking about that kind of an adventure, like, I don't know where I'm going to stay and am I going to have a car? What's going to happen? You know, it kind of brings in um, some like new life energy. So that's probably a part of it too. <laughs> the part of it's daunting, right? Kind of navigating what's going on right. with my mom, but all in all, it's something besides really of the same coin, to. like that it's worth that again. Out like two sides of the same coin. It's a meaningful trip. And that comes with like both excitement and energy, but also like the unknowns and it's uncertainty and your routine gets switched up and your work. Exactly. Yeah. And I've never really like I've traveled and worked um, where it was like, oh, I'm going to have like a call or two, but to really be a fully away and like kind of fully adjust all my schedule, I'm going to be on central time, which means I'm going to be having some late phone calls. (laughs) And so we'll see how that goes. Right. But it'll be a good test of, you know, of me. And, and as I always model and say to my clients, you just make a choice, see what happens and you can make the next choice. Like if I get there and it's not viable or workable for me, I can come back home. So that's, that's cool. Right. But I want to give it a shot so that I can have, you know, some good time. And, and I like to really get in there. The nursing home is getting better, but there's still so much more that they can do. And I just feel like being there for an extended amount of time will give me that opportunity to really um, push them to make some changes that they need to make and advocate. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. Like, congrats on the coming out piece. Like, I don't know if, like, I feel so honored that you would share that. Like, it's just what, June 1st today. So I know. Yeah. (laughs) By the time this airs, I'll have shared it in my newsletter. Um, I'll put it And part of the reason why it's an interesting thing for me, because I I mentioned this in the newsletter that being a coach, it's always this, and you probably find this too, in the work that you do, right? Like it's this delicate dance between what's public, what's private, what parts of me do I share? How do I use my lived experiences in a way that, you know, supports and and edifies um, without um, over, without making it about me, essentially like about me, but not about me, (laughs) if that makes sense. And I've always found, man, from day one of Beyond Surviving, way back in 2000, when I had, you know, some women just kind of being my guinea pigs in my church community, the thing that they kept saying back to me always was what was so meaningful about this time was that you were talking about that time when you got so angry and you threw Tupperware all over the house, or, you know, when you threw that in the street and threw a temper tantrum and like the, the stories of your life that, that you just shared and opened up with. So I've always known that that's critical, but this part of my life, it's kind of one of those places of, because it involves other people, right? It's not necessarily just my story. Um, it's my partner or my, my secondary partner's story. But what's been happening, Jocelyn, is a lot of my clients lately have been asking questions about bisexuality, about I have these desires that I don't really understand. And I have a lot of judgment and shame about, I think I might want to have a female partner, but I'm in a 20 year marriage. How do I broach that with my, you know, husband? And, um, and so it just feels like a long story short for me, it's like, okay, when the conversations start to turn to that and I'm finding I'm, I'm bringing my own lived experience into these individual conversations it just started to feel like, okay, let's just put it out there now. (laughs) Right. It just, uh, it felt like the right timing um, for me at this moment. 
um, to be able to do that. Does that make sense? No, I really, I really appreciate your, your being so transparent about the disclosure in general and like just figuring out what feels right, the timing, who you're sharing with, the, the messaging of kind of who, what, when, and where, and why. And I always feel like you, you're modeling that with such like skillfulness and integrity. It's not not easy to do that when you also work with clients from all over. Jocelyn, you're breaking up a lot. Um, so since this isn't going to be a as far as I know. Oh, sorry, dear. Okay. Sorry. So yes. you're breaking up a lot. So since we're going to do audio, maybe we'll do audio only um, for this one. Even though okay. I love when people can see us both, but yeah. So why don't we try um, turning off your video and see if. Can I go back to my other Wi-Fi or keep this? Well, I don't know. Your voice is breaking up quite a bit, but let's see what happens when we don't have the video on. Let's talk for just a little bit and see what's okay. going on. All right. So I think in the spirit of pride, talking about disclosure is fitting. Um, testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay, I think we're okay. okay. Yep. So you're going to keep your video off? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Sorry so about that. Do, oh, it's okay. I don't know. Sometimes the internet just has an attitude. Um, okay, so one more try <laughs> as far as your... Picking up where I left off and then we'll go on. We'll continue on. See how we do. Okay. Yes, I appreciate your being so transparent about that experience, Rachel, as it's something that I can relate to. And I'm sure others can just constantly navigating like self-disclosure is really complex. And it's something that just because you come out once, like we're, we're constantly in situations where we're coming out with different parts of our identity and experience and trauma history. So uh, this is exciting for, for you and for clients and I think for the world, right? To really get to embrace and see how this like expands like your work. Because yeah. like you said, it's coming up for other people. So I don't know, it's just really, really special to, to get to witness that. Uh, thanks, Jocelyn. Yeah, you know, it's something that is, it is a, a very interesting thing to think about the process of disclosure in, you know, relation to trauma history, trauma experiences. Of course, this is something, you know, that we worked on together when you were in Beyond Surviving, and I continue to work on with my clients and, you know, finding the time when to tell the stories of our lives, right? And, and when to let people in to seeing the parts of ourselves. I think one of the, the big reasons why I, I felt really more compelled today to, to take that step was, you know, one of my clients just really expressing kind of that hurt of, I feel like I just, I need someone to see me. I need someone to really know me. And then I asked and I said, well, so what is the part of you that you're not letting someone see? And, you know, when she shared, it was her desire, you know, to be with a woman, even though she was married, I thought, well, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I get that. And, 
And the levels of when do we let ourselves be seen? How do we let ourselves be seen? And, and so many of us are trying to navigate all kinds of different parts of ourselves that we want to show and, and to be known. And, and that feeling of being known and not being ashamed. And, and that's, I think, exactly why we call it Pride Month, right? It's like this moment of like, yes, this is me. Look at me, see me, know me. And if you don't like it, oh, well, <laughs> you know, like that level. And that's something that I'm always trying to, you know, it's a, a value of mine in my life and, and what I want to pass on to the people that I get the opportunity to mentor. So yeah, you know, it's such an interesting question of how do we first accept ourselves, right? Because that's the big part. It mm-hmm. took me some time, right, to get to the place where I really, um, embraced all of the choices that I, you know, wanted to make as far as, you know, relationship style, and then, you know, who I am as a bisexual woman. And then, um, you know, bringing that forward. But yeah, I mean, what's your what's your experience with that when you think about maybe yourself or with clients? Mm -hmm. Well, before I answer that, I was just thinking about like companies in terms of pride month and all the Mm. discourse about like actually embodying values. And I think that this is something you and I have spoken to in in the past, some of the challenges, especially in like the entrepreneur or coaching space. Um, But just thinking about like what it must feel like for you to be in alignment in that way and to get to talk about this, you know, I know it's pride month is just a month, but really this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's so what's really true, Jocelyn, is I had written a completely different newsletter for June. <laughs> I have a, It'll come out in July. Uh, so stay tuned. But I'd written about a, a time I was thinking about the um, I have a my the little girl that I, I nannied for so, so many years um, is about to graduate um, from high school. And I'm putting together uh, her graduation gift. And I'm giving her a ton of books, which <laughs> she'll be like, oh, rage out. But I'm like, this is my syllabus for life for you. Like, you're going to go to college. They're going to teach you lots of things about like career and this. But if I could create a course for you on how to live as a thriving human being, the, these would be the books that I would put on that syllabus. And one of them is called Not Nice. Mm-hmm. And so it got, had got me thinking a little bit about, you know, the places where we, you know, get into trouble with like people pleasing. So I'd written an entire newsletter about that. And that's what I was really going to share in June. It hadn't really, it hadn't crossed my mind at all necessarily. Like I hadn't put those things together, but then I just woke up in the middle of the night um, and just felt this, like, no, I need to change it. It happens to be great timing, <laughs> but part of that, I think it helped. It helped that this was the month that was coming up and um, it spurred me on, which isn't that an amazing thing? How just having a space in culture that says, hey, you know what? We're going to take a moment to really um, shine the light on um, a culture, on a people and how that in itself can inspire uh, someone to bring their story. And, you know, I hear shit, you know, for me, that feels very paralleled in some ways to like the Me Too movement, um, or just when people are sharing their stories of healing, how that then creates courage and space and inspiration um, for others to do the same. 
Absolutely. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Really feeling this and I appreciate your turning the question back to me. And honestly, like I feel like I don't even know know where to begin because even in this conversation, like the the level of like filtering I still feel like I'm doing um, is is a bit like and dra- draining isn't the right word, but it's distracting in, the, mm-hmm. in this in this moment. And it's such a I guess maybe I'll I'll answer to like the conflict. Um, yeah, feels really present right now. I guess because I'm going through some personal stuff that I'd so love to share with you and listeners. And yet I'm very conscientious about like digital footprint and like being able to disclose intentionally to individual clients and Mm -hmm. exactly what you said about like how to be judicious with like, when is this about me? When is this in service of a, of a client and not wanting people to worry about me or have to take care of me. So it feels really tough because like I, I, there's a quote about like therapists, we use everything we've ever lived through, like as part of our, our work. And mm. like, I so love the way your lived experience has been so formative in your coaching program. And, and yet, like, I feel like I've been trained and conditioned in a field that like is more conservative. And yeah. I well, you can always share, but like now, <laughs> Yeah. I get it. I mean, this was one of the reasons why way back when, when I was doing my master's in counseling psychology, um, I detoured away from going in to, you know, licensed therapy because I think there's, I think there's a lot changing so that, you know, that was years ago um, that I did my master's. So I think there's a little bit of shift in the culture, but still, yes, within the kind of the spaces and the social circles that you're in versus the social circles that I'm in, let's just say kind of coaching versus more like therapy um, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, there's a lot. I actually just spoke about this in my little um, Monday mini on the, on, on love, how Mm -hmm. I think what's really happening most in my coaching is that I'm loving my clients and I, you know, express, you know, warmth to them and share those stories. And um, that was so discouraged when I was in school, Jocelyn, I just knew it was like, Ooh, that's going to be really tough for me. I'm going to break every ethical quote unquote ethical rule and you know like yeah. somehow like loving and caring for the people that are sharing their most intimate parts of themselves with you is unprofessional so I feel you girl bottom line like I understand because the kind of what is the question of you know how do I give enough of myself while still feeling like I'm you know clear about where the boundaries are and I'm not overstepping and you have things to con- be concerned about that I don't necessarily have to think about as deeply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate that. And also, gosh, we could go on and on about the, the phrase you just used about love and coach love, therapist love. Like, I think there's a whole book about women and their love for their therapists. Uh-huh. I never got my hands on, but I know you love to, to read and you might find that that interesting just from what I do know about it. Okay. So bookmark that. Um, but I, I definitely believe that our clients know that we love them, whether or not we express it mm. or, or not. And those words are very powerful. And 
um, brings, brings up a lot just to know, like I recently heard just the way that we can understand treatment working is that it's the contrast of trauma, like the relationship yeah. itself is yeah. a contrasting experience. And I thought that was so, so powerful just mm -hmm. in terms of like, and you're getting what you didn't get basically in many cases. Yeah, I think, I think that's so true. And, you know, the tension you speak of when it's like, okay, well, you know, I think this is what we talk about oftentimes too, is the difference between kind of transparency, like where, where do I find the space in which I can tell about what's going on for me? Like one of the things we talked about in Beyond Surviving, right? The trust circle, right? There can be these different levels. Every story, every experience actually has different levels of vulnerability that we can share. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's exactly what's kind of happened here in my own process. Um, it's been like very outer circle. First of all, like, yep, I'm in a partnership, <laughs> right? Like I have a person. Uh, and then I started sharing more about that relationship. Um, you know, and thankfully, like Anthony's just so badass. I said to him the other day, I said, so I'm thinking about writing this um, newsletter in which I, you know, share about, you know, our relationship style. And what do you think about that? It all he says, Jocelyn, do what you got to do. <laughs> it's just oh my God, that resonates so much. Literally, <laughs> my partner said the same exact phrase to me recently. Wow, that's amazing. Have, like a separate social media platform I created to like share particular stuff going on in my life that I'm, I'm not ready to share publicly right now. Yeah, um, he, I still, because of the algorithms, like, you know, it recommends it to mm -hmm. everyone and their mother even if you're trying to be right. um, not, not as out there. So that's a, yeah. a good Isn't thing. that amazing, right? So yes, so he's always yeah. been just so supportive of like, you know, uh, and, and then, you know, bringing in like, okay, bisexuality, you know, came out about that, started talking about that more, layering that in, mentioning that, mm -hmm. kind of um, pointing to that more. And yeah. as, you know, bringing people in a little bit closer. And then- yeah. And in some ways it is interesting because in working with my individual clients and kind of finding the space to say, well, no, actually, this is what's actually so I am in an open relationship, you know, doing that with one client over here and then over here with another client having a conversation again, not just like, hey, by the way, I want to tell you something today, but in context of what they're struggling with saying, well, actually, let me tell you about how I, you know, faced that and how that came up for me too. And um, and then talking about, you know, female relationships and open relationship, polyamory, like all these things starting to come up. And so like in many ways, like my own practice of like taking my time, this was what feels good. Then this is what feels good. And then this is what feels good. And then getting to the point where it felt like, yep, I feel like I can share this in a public space and I can deal with whatever you know, their, the reactions might be or whatever that might happen. I expect mm -hmm. mostly positive. Right. Um, but anywho, so just to name like exactly the place where you're at with, you know, what you're talking about. And I think it's good for all of us to, to remember that I think a lot of people stay out of relationships because they think, well, once I start dating, I've got to like tell this person, you know, that I was raped and that I was abused or that this happened like date number two. <laughs> and I think mm -hmm. that we can, you can always give yourself permission to go at your own pace, 
to disclose maybe a layer or a piece of the story or the general gist of what happened and name it in a general way. And then as you build relationship and that intimacy and that trust and that vulnerability grows to then share, you know, more of the story. Absolutely. I, I love that. And whether or not they're romantic partners or not, find your people. Yes, find that's right. Who tell you, do what you got to do. Yeah. Who respect <laughs> your truth and who celebrate it. You know, <laughs> that playfulness of like, this is your call, girl. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I mean, it almost feels like I'm circling back to Lizzo right now, because I mean, that is the place where, you know, one of the things that she talks about is carving some in her music, carving out her space. Does she get the black card? Like she grew up, you know, in this way in which, you know, she didn't necessarily fit the quote unquote, uh, you know, what you're, who you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to behave. Um, and uh, many of my biracial friends talk with me about this as well. This sense of like not being white enough, black enough, like all that. And I won't uh-huh. get too much into that because of course it's, it's outside of my, my full experience, but the way in which she has stepped up to say, this is me, take it or leave it. And now she is emboldening and edifying and supporting other women you know, to do that in so many ways, um, I think is just super powerful. And that's, I think the most amazing thing that we can ever hope for is to find, to be a model and then to become a model for others, um, you know, to pass that down so that more and more people, you know, catch their freedom, (laughs) if you will, from all the things and all the fears and all the judgments that we have that are first of all, born out of our own self-judgment, right? And then as we recover from that, as we tackle that, then we have less shame. And it's just, this is my story. This is who I am. And I don't have to defend it. Yeah. And, and how do we look around us and look for other people who are ready to take those risks and, and support them and give them a platform just like you did with this, this podcast for me? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I know how far have you come I mean that's super fun to talk about right from day one of like okay to now you just hop in and you're doing it and you're showing up and you're doing so many tell me more I want to hear more about your life right now so what are some of the other projects and other things that you've been that you're working on how are you expanding yourself these days well what I just shared actually was a question posed at a leadership intensive that I had the great privilege to uh, I guess you could say volunteer in as mm. it was their first, it was the Omega Women's Leadership um, Intensive Program that I was in their original inaugural cohort 10 years ago. And now fast forward to this point, wow. in, this point in the pandemic, um, hopefully when listeners hear this, it will be going in an even better direction, but really like embracing the virtual online retreats and learning and they decided to adapt it to an online program, which is so exciting to me on so many levels in terms of accessibility, but also to get to see how their content evolved in 10 years, mm-hmm. from their teaching team, their relationships, and then just with everything that's been going on in our society, it was a very enriching month of asynchronous, mostly learning. And then on Fridays, there were a couple live calls. And so there was the question that I just shared with you about sort of how do you lift up other people who are Mm. ready to take leadership, ready to take 
on new roles or use their voice or their stories and definitely left an imprint on me just that that question um i do i think like you like to help people and mentor and, and give back and yet like you only have so many hours in the day and energy and so much of my trauma recovery has been learning to feed myself literally mm-hmm. also like figuratively speaking how to um, nurture how to kind of reparent and so I, I tend towards like over functioning so I don't know it's just something I'm sitting with as like I can t- continue to reflect on like my whiteness and what role that plays in like my leadership experiences I mean I, I think Elizabeth Lester who co-founded the Omega Institute um, has a video clip in the program where she says like we're all leaders so I, I really am embracing this idea that anyone can be a leader. I'm really talking about like using your voice, yeah. um, using, using your values and your vision and your vessel that they really take you through this whole voyage with V words um, in terms of the program. And ultimately the goal of the program is to support um, people who have a, a year long plan, help them come up with mm-hmm. small, relational and global goals and to give them some new, tools and resources to do that so I'm pretty jazzed about it just yesterday I got together with like my small group and I was amazed that there was like genuine interest from everyone in my small group to continue connecting because like it was a little bit it was their first time doing it and they're definitely it's going to be interesting to see what feedback they take from this first time around but really just amazing to see like what happens when you put people in a zoom room together I know you know this too but <laughs> the brown awesome. surviving program you, you see it all the time I'm sure yeah that's really exciting Jocelyn and that just sounds so right up your alley the way in which it goes from individual to relational to global impact and I I want to just echo the the space in which you know we are all leaders in our lives you know um and uh, we all have the opportunity to have impact and influence um, in the communities that we're in, in the families, in the friend circles, uh, and you know, being able to embrace that, embody that, and balance that, right? So I totally hear you, and the like, oh yeah, that can get out of balance real quick. Uh, but so finding and navigating, you know, that that piece of the puzzle. Um, which you've just done so, you know, really beautifully and dynamically as you've, you've continued to find like that space between the, I'm, I'm here to be of service, but I am also here to be, you know, receiving (laughs) and to relax and to rest and to, to have joy and ease. Thank you. It's a, it's a a work in progress. Yeah. Um, So I also wanted to, to share briefly that I, I'm excited to be moving forward with this trauma-informed care, like training for medical professionals through yeah. hospitals in, in the Massachusetts area where I have volunteered over the years, speaking of, of, of service. So still trying to find that, that line, but it's really like you and I have talked about this shared passion we have and it's coming together and we're looking for like people to do voiceovers for the acting and the scripts. And um, it's been really a, tough experience given mm. how like burnt out people are in the hospital system oh I feel my like gosh. moved a lot slower than like yeah. 
I could really tolerate because I'm like, let's go, let's do this yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but really it's coming together and I'll be excited to, to share more. I'm, I'm hoping that we can share the, the materials like outside of just sort of those who have access to it. In the Oh yeah, I hope so too. That's so wild to me, Jocelyn, because it was, I don't know, maybe 2000, oh, maybe it had to have been maybe 12 or so. Anyway, I hooked up with a, a woman uh, who was actually based in England, general practitioner there, and then another person. And we were really hashing together, um, like, how do we get into the medical world? How do we start to teach, you know, doctors how to be, you know, um, trauma informed? And we just couldn't get any traction. It was just not like, they, it wasn't ready, but then Nadine Burke came along, right. And opened up things quite a bit, building on the work of Vincent Felitti, of course, and uh, Oprah got her hands on this. So that always helps when Oprah gets involved. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, so the conversation now around, we're starting, like, I, I'm witnessing this and is like trauma-informed teachers, trauma-informed coaches, trauma-informed, like, it's just in the air now. So the doctors, they can't really run away from it anymore. And, and nor do I think they want to. I think there are quite, quite a few medical professionals who want to be able to support their patients in a more dynamic way. And I think in many ways that might actually address some of the burnout and the overwhelm that they feel mm -hmm. because you know, when you're treating someone and you don't see them getting any better, that's, you know, miserable, that's horrible. And, you know, when you start to understand, oh, there's another way to come at this, that's going to support that. So I'm so like, yes, hallelujah, <laughs> that you're there doing that work and, and taking that on. And, uh, it's going to make such a big difference in the world when we have, you know, um, trauma informed at the center of mm -hmm. our workspaces, our medical professionals, our schools. You get it. And, and sadly, there is really, not to end that thread on a negative note, but even within the hospitals, like here, where they're very like prestigious and well-regarded around the country, like there's, there's a lot of push pushback. I think that's part of yeah. like why this department I collaborate with um, the Center for Violence Prevention and Recovery, like they get people reaching out to them to consult because it's so not embraced mm. in like the larger yeah. culture of the hospital. So, you know, they, they really inspire me in terms of the taking the little steps or the little bites and then like right. following the, the thread because this type of change work, it, it does take time. It takes time. I mean, you think about the medical professional. Um, I'm, I'm loving this TV show called 1883. I just finished it up. I'm Anthony and I cried through the whole damn thing. <laughs> And so it's really beautifully written. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, but anyway, there's this, uh, you know, they get somebody gets injured and they're talking about how, you know, the way that you used to treat something was by bloodletting, right? you know, cutting the person and letting them bleed out and how that was, it wasn't just a fad. It wasn't, you know, like an, an on the margins method in the medical field. It was the way to do it. And it had been the way to do it for a long time, but we don't do it today. So somewhere along the way, right? Like we figured it out. Oh, that's not actually effective. So I guess where I'm going with that, Jocelyn, is you are doing really important foundational work that will influence the next generation, the next generation. And then all of a sudden there will be a tide shift. And that thing that we used to do that we always thought was the way to do it goes away. 
and then there's this new thing and then the new thing actually becomes the old thing it just becomes the new way or the way to do it and so we know that people have the capacity um to do this we leave off we learn we grow and it just takes planting those seeds um i mean in many ways like when i started out uh I couldn't find anything called a sexual abuse recovery coach or a trauma recovery. Like it just, I couldn't find it at all. Um, but now when I Google, you know, they have trauma, you know, recovery coach training and like these sorts of things. So it happens and we can, you know, chart a new path and chart a new course forward that will ultimately, I think, leave people much more cared for, much more seen um, and really start to heal people up in a way that, we haven't seen before as much as there's so many things in the world right now that are just daunting and terrible and scary. There's amazing work that's being done like what you're doing right now. Thank you. And I have to say there is a self-serving element. If you're looking for an outlet for your rage, your despair, (laughs) finding a sense of agency is huge for a lot of, a lot of people who are in trauma recovery or otherwise, like the worst thing we can do is feel helpless, hopeless, screaming at our screens or crying at our screens there's definitely a place for that and I think it's important to to acknowledge and validate and yet as Sharon Salzberg one of the teachers I I look to during these times especially says like we don't have to act from those feelings but we they're still valid Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah how how do we want to act on on the feelings of of rage or frustration like taking yeah. taking some kind of an action and that might be donating that that might be joining a board or painting a mural just like finding some some mm-hmm. way to, to connect that. with others really yeah I love that and also you reminded me of my guest Emily at Blooming Forward um who said that she found this podcast when she couldn't she was looking for resources and to think that this was one of the only few podcasts she could find like now would be unthinkable because there's mm-hmm. just so much out there. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Goodness and me. I wonder, do you have time for a, one last question? Yeah. So I was wondering um, something new that maybe you've been trying in, in life. I feel like I always look at your, your pages and it seems like you, you have such an activity filled life. Is there anything particularly new that you've tried recently? Hmm. Let me think about that. What have I done that's been new? I'm going to give you a funny answer, then I'll give you a more serious. So gin. So I have, so I had this like whole adventure with like, I don't like to drink a lot, but I like to have like a drink. Like I've been on Oh, actually two adventures. So I wanted to find like a perfume. Like I was like, you know what? I love those women who like, when they walk into the room, like you smell them, like, you know them, or like you just, there are certain people, right? It's like, that's her smell. That's her scent. And I don't know what got me on it, but I was like, you know what? I want to have that. I want to have like Rachel's perfume. Like, what is it? And so funnily enough, I came across this article that was um, perfect perfumes for based on your, um, sign, right? I'm a Sagittarius. And so I went through, um, and I got a couple of different little samples of the different ones and I landed on, um, uh, Dior, uh, joy, which I thought was just amazingly perfect (laughs) for the perfume to be called joy. So that's been fun. Um, and then similarly with like, you know what, I might have like the drink that I like to drink. And so 
you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out, try this out. And I've discovered that gin is just like the perfect little, like just a little like shot of gin just brings me to like, just such a nice place of like, Ooh, ease and silliness. Whereas other like champagne made me cry. I was crying all the time. (laughs) Vodka gets me too in my head. I get angry, right? Gin zins me out. It's the gin zin. (laughs) So that's been kind of fun. Uh, And I'm doing a lot more like getting back into going to um, dance performances and going out and seeing that. And so, uh, and then of course my venture coming up in uh, July, going out to St. Louis, that's going to be a big, big, big time new. How about you? Yeah, I love all of that. Absolutely. I wasn't expecting that, I have to say. <laughs> I was excited to share with you that I discovered something called Interplay, which actually was founded. Oh, in- yeah. My friend is so into that. Mm-hmm. And I like think it's the coolest thing. I'm so pumped. I like definitely this. I think this might be a Gemini thing, but I'm just like, oh, my God, I got to get trained. Like, I'm. this is my thing now. I've only gone to it once. And like, I'm already like telling everyone. So you know, in, in Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps Score, I feel like he talks about all the modalities to, to healing from trauma. And I think for me and for so many, like mm-hmm. finding a way to play and be spontaneous. Oh, my gosh. So important. The laugh. Like, it's such medicine, especially you know, we haven't gotten into the, the darkness of, of this time, but I, I hope that this this time today has brought you as much light as it has brought me and to the listeners too. Yes. Oh my gosh. So sweet as always to connect with you and catch up. And, you know, I'm always in your corner cheering you on and always here for you. Thank you for having me. Such a good time today. Yeah, likewise. And, and thank you listeners for tuning in and joining us today. Don't forget to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching, explore the other resources available on the site, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We have so much more to share. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.